My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest is Kristen Ivey. Kristen is the founder and director of The Phase Project, bringing together personal experience, academic research, and gatherings of leaders and educational experts from across the child development spectrum. She earned her bachelor's from Baylor University in Education in 2004 and a Master of Divinity from Mercer University 2009. She worked in the public school system as a high school biology and English teacher, so near and dear to my heart, where she learned firsthand working with kids the importance of influencing this next generation. Kristen is also the executive director of messaging at Orange, which we'll get into today, and she has played an integral role in the development of the elementary, middle school, and high school curriculum, and has shared experiences across the country speaking at events, Um, and it's so exciting to welcome her onto the show today. I know Kristen and her husband, Matt, live just outside Atlanta, Georgia with their three kids. Kristen, welcome to Heroes for Her. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we're so excited to, to get into you know everything you're doing as a wife and mom and in the work you do with Orange and a lot of the different things that you have going on. Will you first off just share a little bit about you and your family and what you guys are doing in this season of life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm married to my husband, Matt, and we have three kids. So busy, busy parenting um, at a lot of different levels right now. My son is my oldest and he's eight years old. And he just started the second grade. My middle child, Hensley, is five and three quarters. She will, she will tell you. She's five and three quarters years old. And our youngest is two. And super spunky. She thinks she's just as old as the big kids. She's ready to keep up. Um, tells us every day right now that she's going to go to school. And she starts pointing at strangers at random saying, That's my teacher. So she's all ready to go and be with the big kids. But we are um, busy parenting in each one of those phases and working at a nonprofit called Orange, where we create resources for other parents and other leaders who are working with kids and teenagers. And I want to, we'll dive into Orange too and everything it's doing. And like I said, I mean, even before we started this call, we talked a little bit about Orange and, and the support that it provides for both churches and just parents to be able to pour the Bible in a very easy, practical way into kids' lives. Now, you worked in public school for a while and you taught a few different subjects. Did your experiences in the public school system inspire the work that you're doing with Orange? Absolutely, in every single way. I think, you know, I can't even take myself out of the public schools. I love teachers. Um, I think teachers are some of my biggest heroes. Um, I was sad the day I left the classroom. I knew that I was being called to do something else, and yet so much of my heart really is still there. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. My grandmother was a teacher her whole life, and so there's something um, in me that just resonates with what can happen in a classroom and in the school setting. And one of just the exciting um, things that I've kind of found along the way is that I can take this passion that I have for helping kids and connecting with where they are developmentally and getting really creative to engage their imagination um, and connect that with a growing 
you know, faith and love for God. And so um, everything that I do in my professional life at Orange and creating resources for churches is intricately connected to, you know, my child development classes and my coursework that I had at Baylor and my student teaching. And then the years that I spent in the classroom, um, I taught high school because that was really more my wiring. Um, I used to joke with my mom because she taught kindergartners and had all the fun stories and cute things that they said. And, you know, my students never said anything quite as cute as hers, but I liked that they were already potty trained and they could handle sarcasm. So, um, you know, there's just a give and take to different, different people resonate with different ages, but I love the classroom, um, and everything that can happen there. Well, I'm glad that you talked about your time at Baylor and how you called on some of the things that you learned just in your education classes and, and, and yeah. studying child development. And I want to talk about Baylor because, so we talk about Rooney going to Baylor a lot. I just finished <laughs> um, reading the Magnolia story about Chip and Joanna Gaines, like literally last night. So I have kind of this tender place in my heart for Baylor now that I know a lot more about it. So will you talk a little bit about just your experience there as a student? Um, I love Chip and Joanna Gaines, just to say, because for the longest time, you would say you went to Baylor and it was in Waco, Texas, and everyone had this other story that came up in their mind. Totally. That was like years and years and years before. <laughs> and so everyone would kind of go there in their mind. And now we finally have this beautiful, wonderful thing. And everyone says, oh, I love Waco. I want to go there someday. And um, that's just so refreshing. I was at Baylor from... Um, 1999 until 2004. So those were the years that kind of dates me when I was there. Um, and I loved my experience at Baylor in every single way. I wasn't sure when I went whether I was going to go into nursing or try out a whole bunch of different things. I kind of um, experimented with coursework. And everywhere I went, I just had a great experience with my classes, with um, the people that I was around, um, the opportunities that I had to serve in the community while I was there. Um, I really started volunteering in small group ministry while I was in Waco um, through a ministry called K-Life, which was a really, really strong experience for me and, and grew, um, I think, my understanding of what discipleship really means and what it looks like. Um, and then I, I had an opportunity while I was at Baylor, too, to be a camp counselor um, during one summer. And so each one of those um, things just kind of came along at the right time, I think, to help shape what I was going to do and where I was headed. Well, I love hearing about that, too. And just, I, I mean, the college experience for me, too, is so near and dear to my heart. And then we, we kind of walked the same path in terms of getting into the classroom. Like, it took me, you know, a cancer diagnosis and, and sort of a redirect in my personal story. But just spending so much times with, time with kids in, in the public school system, and specifically high school, I, I know what it's meant to my own life and in the work that, that I do. But I want to talk about how you feel like, you know, joining the team at Orange and, and I'm going to have you in a second give people sort of an overview of what Orange does and, and the resources that it does provide. But I want to talk a little bit or at least ask you, you know, when you first joined the team, what did that look like for you and what were you really setting out to do? When I first started Orange, it was it was kind of a fun journey for me. I was um, a teacher in the public school, and Reggie, who's been my boss at Orange now for the last 12 years, um, had conversations with me to say, when are you going to come work for me? And the conversation was always kind of me saying, well, you know, tell me what my job looks like again. <laughs> so uh, there was a, not a lot of clarity around it. Um, but I came on as the lead editor of a resource that was being created at the time called Family Times. And it was just this simple um, pack that went home to a family um, to help them engage with their kids at regular times in their home, in the morning time, at bedtime, 
um, at drive time and at meal time. And so I took on that project while I was actually still teaching high school and um, just began to recruit writers and work on how to make those pieces come alive every month um, for parents with their children. And then um, from there, I just began to take on more and more. And that was when I knew I needed to leave and um, potentially pursue uh more education. That's when I got my Master's of Divinity and came on staff full-time at Orange. Um, every year that I've been here, my job has just changed, and it's looked uh, a little bit different and a little bit different along the way. When I first came on staff, that was uh, when I first came on full-time, I guess. That was the year that we decided to launch a curriculum for high schoolers, and that was XP3, and obviously fresh out of the classroom in a high school setting. I was very excited and passionate to get to work on that project to create um, what kind of content might be most helpful for high schoolers to hear in that season of life. And so um, worked with the high school team to create and develop that resource um, worked with the 252 Basics team then to um, continue to grow and develop the um, the children's curriculum. But each year along the way, there's always been a new challenge and a new thing we want to solve um, and ways that we're trying to improve and get better. Well, and I love hearing that too and, and having used the curriculum too and just know, knowing what it means to me as a parent. Like, you know, I grew up in the traditional church school combo and experience, but never really felt connected to God. And my parents weren't, I know they they felt ill-equipped and ill-qualified to really mm. pour, like, like to create that faith experience and to be able to, you know, pray and talk about the Bible and being God's word. And um, I think that's just one of the one of the best values I think that come out of the orange curriculum, at least in my experience, is just the way that a parent can pick it up, having no prior experience, not really feeling that equipped to like pour this knowledge into your right. child and use it. And just it's so simple, it's so easy to use. You it it, it takes I, I mean it takes such a little I don't want to say effort because like we do want to put effort into into <laughs> talking to our kids, but like you just you've streamlined that process and and given us ways to just have these little moments and experiences consistently over time, just in our kids day to day at those moments that you just described. So like meal times, drive times, like the down times where we're going to talk to them about something anyway. And I know just what it can mean for parents because it's helped me and Rooney have all these neat conversations and just starters for different things and prayers. And my, my next question for you is, has that been the most rewarding part of the work you do or what sort of rewards or, or positive experiences have, have you had in being a part of the team at Orange? You know, I think um, some of the most rewarding experiences are obviously um, relational. So um, for me personally, I love the times that I've been um, able to lead small groups, especially in student ministry, um, having a group of middle school girls or high school girls that I get to be involved in their life on a daily basis basis, weekly basis, um, over time has probably been the most rewarding thing uh, really ever that I can imagine. I think um, second to that, I think I think I would just have to say it's the conversations when I get to talk to a leader who is doing incredible stuff in their community and they're just pouring their heart and energy and effort and, and mind into something uh, because it's transforming the, the community that they live in and just hearing um, them talk about how what we're getting to do here at, at my job at Orange and the teams that I'm around is connected to what they're doing as they continue that conversation um, in their own community with their own team, you know, to just kind of grow on it and develop it. Um, 
those are the moments when I think, gosh, we get to be a part of something that is so much bigger than ourselves. And that's what makes this rewarding. As you've, you know, taken on a lot of these different projects and, you know, worked on editing materials and creating resources and all of the things that, that you're doing to, to create and put out this curriculum, how has your own, how has your personal relationship with God sort of seen, like, what has that walk looked like for you in terms of, okay, you know, you're, you're a wife, you're a mom, and you're also trying to create this thing that's impacting the next generation. Like, what does your journey with God look like in, in this season and just in the last years leading up to where you are now? That's hard to put, I think, into a a simple place. Um, One thing is I feel like um, maybe it's just my season of life, but God has been, uh, I feel like, teaching me that the small things matter so much more than I realize that um, sometimes we have these big, grandiose ideas. We want to start something huge. We want to accomplish something that's going to change the world. I know when I was, you know, in high school, it was like, I just wanted to go move to India and, you know, solve hunger or like do something that was just going to radically change the planet now. Um, and I think all of that passion is good and, um, and God has been steering it and, you know, using it in different ways, um, throughout my life. But in this season right now, I think God is really challenging me to be faithful with the little things and with the daily moments to say, you will change the world when you, you know, help your kid have a, a peaceful morning time and you um, pack their lunch so that they are well fed and that you pray over them at night and you just are faithful with the relationships that you have um, with the people who are closest to you because in these small daily acts of kindness and love um, to those people, those have this resounding effect that's far greater than we sometimes imagine. And yes, we need to be part of something great and something big. Um, but all of that greatness and all of that bigness is kind of what God is up to. And our role is so often tied to just being kind in the moment, just being loving to the person in front of you, um, just being responsible with the influence that you have right now. What a lesson too for, I mean, and I know a lot of parents are listening and myself included that have young ones at home and, and not so much, you know, in the preteen teen high school uh, experience mm-hmm. right now, but a lot of our kids being so young and just, and, and wanting to impart that knowledge and like, just do those bigger picture, small acts of kindness, like you're talking about are, they're so they're so an integral part of our day to day and parents and just interacting mm-hmm. with our children and having, having such a, a large role and, and a, a role that requires a lot of time and effort and just thinking on our part. Um, it's so, it's so nice to hear that just, just reinforced, I think, um, by, by your view as just a mom and, and, you know, and thinking through how you're going to, how you're going to bring that knowledge into the lives of your children for, for this is the way we pass it on, right? Like to the next generation, we say, this is our way of thinking and this is our approach to life. And it it isn't necessarily about doing that big thing for God, which I know culture would tell our kids, you've got to get out and do this huge thing. And like you said, change the world in this like huge way we can see right now. And that's maybe not what God has planned. Kristen, that brings me to my next question. So you're, you're working on writing and you have, um, a new set of phase guides they're called, and I'll, I'll let you describe them, but basically they're an 18 part series, um, of journal style books that will allow parents to 
parent through the different phases of kids' lives. And I love that even as I read like the description of that, it just, it ties so closely in with the orange curriculum and the parent cues and like being able to really break it down into a simple, easy to understand and use way. So will you talk a little bit about what Phase Guides is and what the heart was behind that writing project? Definitely. We started this journey about three years ago of just saying, you know, we want to go ahead and learn as much as we can possibly learn about what is changing in a kid's life physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, morally, culturally. We just wanted to go down and go, okay, what's really happening in this phase of life? Because as adults, it's really hard for us. We can't actually remember what it was like to be a preschooler or a baby. Our our brains don't actually remember that Um when you get to elementary school, we really don't have that many solid memories of especially the early elementary years. Um, we have maybe one or two that will stand out really strong, but the day-to-day of what it was like to be an elementary school kid is kind of fuzzy. When you get to middle school, most adults have you know tried to block what it was like to be a middle schooler. We don't like to remember those years. Um, we're glad we moved out of them, but we don't really want to revisit that emotionally. Um, and so it's as a parent, as an adult, sometimes it's hard to know how to relate to our kids or how to influence our kids um, because we just don't remember what it was really like. And so part of the phase project has been a project in empathy, helping us remember, helping us to step into um, a child's shoes for a moment and say, you know, if, if you can imagine all of this is happening inside of their brain. All of this is happening in their body. This is going, there's so much that's processing right now um, to be amazed at that, first of all. And then to really reframe the conversation as we engage with children, as we engage with middle schoolers, um, so that we can meet them really where they are. That's been a lot of the phase project. And so uh, a lot of it is this exercise in empathy Um And we also want to be as practical as possible because as a parent myself, I'm really busy, Um, far busier than I ever thought I would be, I think, before I became a parent. Um, But it's just so easy to get there because you have the pediatrician's appointments and then you have parent-teacher conference. And even if you have your kid in just one activity, you have maybe multiple kids. And so, you know, we'll have to go to baseball and then we also have swimming for the other kid or whatever. But it's you're always running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And there's so much happening um, that I always find myself like I want to be a better parent, but I don't have a lot of time to figure out how to practically do that um, day to day. And so the phase guides idea was just a way of saying, what if you had one really short, really concise um, resource where you could look and it would tell you the things you need right now to parent your kid? Um, Because we have a limited window of time to influence our kids. Every kid has about 936 weeks from the time they're born until they graduate high school. And if you haven't, you don't have to be a parent for very long for people to kind of lean into your world and say, oh, it goes by so fast before you know it, your kid's going to be, you know, driving a car or dating or, you know, going, moving out of the house. Um, and so everyone starts telling you this, but they don't really tell you, you know, what that means. And that is that you have a limited window of time with your kid in the phase that they're in right now. You only get to know your kindergartner once as a kindergartner, and then they're a first grader, and you don't get to know them as a kindergartner again. And there are distinctive things that you can do in the life of your kindergartner right now to engage them, to make the most of this year, to really 
set them up to have a better future. And so the phase guides was a way of just saying, here are the things you need to know right now to make the most of the season you're in as a parent. Really simple bullet points, lists. I mean, it's as practical as you can get um, so that you don't have to read through a lot of different you know, theory or philosophy along the way, um, but just to help you in the moment. Well, and try to like having to do that research yourself. And as you describe, like not having a lot of time to do that. I know lots of the parents listening, me included, you know, you, you do need an easy resource like that. And the question that comes up for me, at least in thinking back to when, you know, the babies are babies and they're small and you, everyone told you, you know, <laughs> as you got through those little phases of baby, you know, right when you got something figured out, whether it was like the nap schedule or the yes. feeding schedule or like when they yes. liked to be bathed or how they needed to be soothed, like when you would figure that out, the, the phase would shift and things yep. would get different and you'd have to start the process all over again. And I just remember that being in that early season of, mother- of motherhood, like, why is this happening? But I approached it like you, knowing that's going to happen and having the tool to go, okay, like even just a snapshot of like, okay, when they're in this phase, these are the things to be looking out for. These are the ways that you can talk to them. The question yep. that comes up for me, so as they grow out of that baby phase and what you're talking about is them growing into like school age kids and on the way out of the house, how have you, how is the research that you did for phase guides and like learning all of this stuff about the different phases of kids' lives, how has that affected your kids or the, the way that you deal with and parent your kids in the early stages that they're in now? I just experiment with them and then I write about the things I do wrong. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know. Gosh, it changes the way that I parent, I think, um, one of the hard things about the phase project has been I come, when I do come to work, I'm working on something that says, make the most of the time you have with your kids. They're growing up fast. And then I'm just thinking, okay, can I just leave work now and go run home and grab my kids um, and give them a hug? Because they're, you know, I already feel torn um, as any really working parent does. Um, but I think it shapes my parenting because it just continually reminds me um, to have perspective, to go make the most of this opportunity, you know, do something today. You don't have to do everything today, but you can do something right now um, with your kid. We, as part of the project, we identified six things that every kid needs over time. And that's been informative for my own parenting um, to think about each one of those six things. Um, one of those is every kid needs love so that they can have a sense of worth. Another is every kid needs words that will help them have a better direction. Every kid needs stories that will give them a bigger perspective. Every kid needs tribes that will help them know they belong. Um, Every kid needs work that will give them a sense of significance. And every kid needs fun that will connect you to each other relationally. And so those six things to me, um, love, words, stories, tribes, work, and fun, I kind of keep those in in my mind as like a running checklist of like, hey, um, these are the things that matter. And that way, when I'm doing something like playing a game with my kid, it just reinforces to me that, hey, this moment of playing this game matters. And it matters because it's connecting you relationally. And so just be in the moment for right now. And then you can move on to doing the laundry and the dishes and all the other things that have to get done. But, but see this as a meaningful interaction right now. I love that too. And, and finding that the, you know, the day-to-day things that happen are meaningful for the lives of kids and what you think might be like a mundane task or something that you don't want, want to do, or you don't have time right. to do. And if you're, you know, if you're a busy parent, and you're racing around, it's really, it's really kind of looking at your day and going, 
wow, even though I, even though I am overscheduled or I am really busy, mm-hmm. there are these moments that, that are there and it's about identifying them and just knowing that they are doing good, but being intentional about putting your kids in those moments and being a part of them too. I love yes. that. That's so awesome. Um, as we wrap up, we usually do something at the end of each episode called the scoop and it is three rapid fire questions. And then after that, I'll give you a chance to like let everybody know where they can connect with you and find out more about orange and the phase project and everything you have going on. But, um, this is what happens at the end of each episode. We have to wrap up like much, much too quickly before I, and I still have questions, but I love that this gave everybody an insight into the work that you're doing and just who you are as a person. All right. First question. Obviously our podcast is called heroes for her. So we're all about identifying real heroes for girls. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? First person who comes to mind is Kim Zameskel. I was a gymnast. I wanted to be in the Olympics so bad. So I had her posters all over my room. So good. I remember watching her when I was young, like in my parents' living room, we'd like lay on the floor and it was late at night always to watch the Olympics. And she was awesome. Absolutely. Second question. What is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? When I was in high school, I tended to overschedule myself all the time. And I still remember when my dad told me, um, Kristen, the decisions that you have in front of you are not choosing what is right and what is wrong. But right now you need to choose what is good and what is best. And that's always been hard for me, but it also stood out to me at the time because um, I was always looking for clarity for black and white, for what is right and what is wrong. Um, and sometimes... Every single thing in front of you can be right, and it's still not best to do them all. Third question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Ooh, secret superpower. Um, I'm just a huge Harry Potter fan, and so the first thing that I think of is to have an invisibility cloak. I know that sounds probably dumb, but I just want to be Harry Potter with his invisibility cloak. Um, it does not sound dumb. And actually when, <laughs> when I ask this question to people, it's always like flying or like being able to do something where they don't need a prop. And every time I think of like a superpower, I always think of like a wand or like a prop, like you would, <laughs> like you would need something to help you, like, like a cape or I, like, I love the idea of being able to like wing something around your body and no one could see you. That's amazing. Yeah. I can just pull it out of my bag at any point in time. That's awesome. <laughs> become invisible. Yeah. Kristen, this has been so awesome. Um, as we wrap up, where is the best place for people to connect with you and just the, the projects that you have coming up and the things that are going on at Orange and the Phase Project and everywhere? Great. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Kristen underscore Ivy. Um, and also, as for listeners of this podcast, um, they can visit Phase Guides. That's P-H-A-S-E, phaseguides.com forward slash heroes. And we'll put some original content up there, um, unique for this, uh, for everybody who's listening right now, um, just as it relates to phase and uh, how to be a better parent with the age and stage that you are living in right now. I love that. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let go.